0: Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of directed video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly undergrating year. This week, we watched The Summer My Father Grew Up. (laughs) In The Summer My Father Grew Up, John Ritter plays Paul, a doctor who divorced his first wife and then resettled and remarried across the country. He thinks his son Timmy, played by Matthew Lawrence, is going to visit for the summer, but when Timmy says he's instead going to stay with his mother, Paul has a tough time dealing with the change in family dynamics. Screenplay by Sandra Jennings, directed by Michael Tuckner, and premiered on NBC on March 3, 1991. This is another one where I'm going to assume that you haven't seen it. I don't think you watched too many of the TV movie of the weeks back in the day.
1: This was on 9 o'clock at night on a Sunday. (laughs) So I don't know what I was doing.
0: Wasn't it Monday,
1: though? Sunday night.
0: Oh, was it? Really? Okay. Because they they talked about... Oh. Because the version that we watched had, you know
1: commercial a couple
0: a couple commercial breaks and then during the credits they have the voiceover saying join us for the monday night movie of the week hell hath no fury and i mm-hmm. thought that meant it was going to be next monday's movie but it could have been the next the day. next day's movie because yeah. that's also on our list it was you know barbara eden and i forget who else in hell hath no fury um yeah i never heard of this one i never paid attention to the tv movie of the week stuff.
1: yeah, me neither.
0: Uh, it's not good.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like it because the, um, like, the subject matter just really, it's, like, the same as All I Want for Christmas.
0: In terms of, well... Like
1: d- dealing with divorced parents.
0: Yeah, they were have divorced parents. I mean, Timmy's not actively trying to get them back together.
1: Yeah, but just... A young kid dealing with both sides, and then the kid has to be more of the adult than the the parent.
0: Sure. Yep.
1: That sense. That's, that's certainly. Fair. I wanted to like that because that would have like spoken to me as a child, like, and then, but, I mean, some of the dialogue that he had with both his parents i was like okay yeah i can't i'm like
0: <laughs> you understand timmy's yeah perspective. i understand
1: his his timmy's perspective
0: i mean timmy along with louie who is the new husband of the mother naomi yeah they are the voices of reason like okay the, the new husband and really
1: I feel I feel like the new parents are.
0: Yeah, yeah. But also, oh, okay. I mean, Timmy also, I don't think he's out of line with anything he says.
1: No. So he... I guess
0: he's maybe not a voice of reason, but he is.
1: He's like, why don't you understand my feelings? Yeah,
0: he's he's completely valid with everything that he says.
1: Yeah, that's why I wanted to like this movie, but I was kind of like word i don't know
0: <laughs> i i i wanted to like this movie if it was a body swap movie like the you
1: thought it was i
0: mean the title indicates it should be right like the summer my father grew it up makes the, it should have been the like, summer oh, my parents
1: little. grew up because it's like both his mom and Di- it's like do you ever see like irreconcilable differences i don't think so oh it's like drew barrymore
0: oh no I when she was I like have. a
1: young kid and no. her parents are fighting and Okay, uh, that's kind of... But in that movie, she, like, divorces herself from her parents because she's like, you guys are fighting too You're much. You're the problem. You're the problem. And it's like, th- in this movie, the parents are already divorced, but they're still, like, very acting, like,
0: childish. Oh, yeah, they're both very bitter. And I think it's probably... Towards each other, Yes, basically just towards each other, um, but that but also taking it out on Timmy. yeah,
1: I get that a lo- that happens a lot with children of divorce. That's why I wanted to like this movie, and this felt like an after school special.
0: Oh yeah, to
1: me, it's... it's been like a night like a Sunday night movie
0: it's super basic in that way it definitely has that it definitely has that vibe of low rent after school special production and the it's incredibly melodramatic the dialogue is incredibly basic and predictable (laughs) it feels like it's the backbone of what should be an actual movie you know like the dialogue that's here should be your first draft that you expand upon <laughs> and flesh yeah, out and, and create new ideas off of.
1: This also this I thought it was going to be because the title is The Summer My Father Grew Up. I thought it was going to be the whole summer and right. this is like a matter of <laughs> 2 days.
0: Yeah. All this, this is, drama
1: is happening in this a This couple... title
0: is very misleading.
1: <laughs> I thought I was, I don't know. (laughs) I just thought many things, and none of those things came alive. I don't know.
0: Sure, like, sure the father was acting childish in his temper tantrums towards the mother and everything. Yeah. But he's not growing up in the same way that you would expect like, big. Or, you know, like, 18 again, or vice versa. Like, that's what I wanted. Uh, Obviously, it's not going to happen. But even considering that, yeah, the summer part's not true. And honestly... He doesn't really grow up anyway. Like, at the end of the movie, the mom and the dad are still, like, chewing each other out, like, non-stop until, like, yeah. the last second. And I yeah, don't think they until, learn lessons.
1: Until Timmy actually, like, ran away for, like, what,
0: three hours? <laughs> but even while he was running away, they're, like, mad at each other until, like, you know, they five minutes it. before the ending, and they're like, oh, we're gonna have a brief respite of understanding and... Well,
1: because then Timmy's like, I want to go with my, I want to go with mom, and you know, what's it? John Ritter, who's Paul, is just like mad about that, because he was like, oh, I planned this whole summer with you, and, and he thinks whatever. that the mom is brainwashing. Yeah, he thinks him, the mom like is it's... making him want to go, but. Timmy's like, no, I am making my own decisions and I want to go.
0: Yeah. So it's a whole lot of the dad undercutting Timmy both verbally because he doesn't let him get a word in edgewise at the very beginning, and then also just emotionally by basically dismissing anything that Timmy (laughs) says as saying, your mom's been feeding you all this garbage and, you know, I can't believe she's telling you all this stuff that you're sending back to me and she's poisoning your mind against me, yeah. You know it's it's that kind of stuff where you know it's also manipulative, right? Like you know it's he's accusing the mom of being manipulative, but that in and of itself is also manipulating his son, as well. Yeah. And so yeah, you have the other parents, well,
1: the step parents, step
0: parents. There you go, Shandell uh, who is. The person that um, Paul ran away with, he they were all in New York. He moved to San Diego with Shandell and started his medical practice all over again, I guess, out there. Just sort of completely separate himself from the situation. Yeah. And then Naomi married Louis, although that's a secret because Paul didn't even know that Louis existed, for one, let alone married... Naomi, at some point in the recent past.
1: And this is like all happened within a year. Because I thought they said that they separated like a year ago.
0: Oh, I thought that's what they said. And
1: I'm like, all of this is happening so quickly. Yeah. But whatever. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't. And I honestly don't fully remember (laughs) if. So I think the idea was that um, Paul and Chandel were having an affair while yeah, they married. were still married, and then and yeah. then they got divorced and moved away, and, and then they got married.
1: It's like Naomi found Louis and got married within a year.
0: Yeah, something like that. And they're both good people, from what we can tell. Yeah, you know, the step-parents are good, good,
1: which, I mean, I appreciate.
0: And, you know, they're always trying to talk sense into their counterparts, Yeah. like, you're out of line, you're taking things a little bit too far, don't you want to consider how Timmy's feeling? Yeah, they're (laughs) like
1: advocating for Timmy, and it's like not even their actual child. They're telling the parents of this child to be like, hey, listen to your child.
0: Yeah, like, hey, you know, take your own kid's feelings into account with this whole situation. Yeah. understand his pain and all the processing that he has to do with this divorce and how it all went down it's it's really weird and it's honestly just a bunch of really petty bickering and nitpicking and all this other kind of stuff that is underlying the plot meanwhile you just have some weird-ass choices in this movie like I don't know.
1: <laughs> the one thing that bothered me was the whole thing with the cat. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand
0: this. I mean, I, I, I almost understand what they're trying to get with, get to with the ending of the movie and how it plays out. Cause okay. Paul and Chandel have a cat, which is something that Tim had never Timmy or Tim, whatever he wants to be called. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> had never been exposed to. He says that the cat's tongue carries disease and all this kind of stuff. So he doesn't like the cat. He doesn't want to be around the cat.
1: And, well, his mom, Naomi, she's a nutritionist, and she's there for some health conference to oh, drop to him speak. off and also talk yeah, at this conference. To both. speak at this yeah. conference.
0: And then they're leaving like the next day for France for like a summer summer thing where she's going to be she's going to be a teaching a at
1: Sorbonne. Sarbo- professor or something like that. Yeah, for like but it was also supposed to be their Naomi and Louis honeymoon,
0: which they kind of only wedge in there near the end. Yeah, they because they don't really say that until yeah, until through.
1: basically the end, yeah. when Timmy was like, I don't want to ruin your honeymoon. Yeah. But I was like, how are they going to have a honeymoon if she's going to be teaching the entire time?
0: Mm.
1: Whatever. And then... Half hours? <laughs> yeah.
0: But still... It's a...
1: Yeah, so Naomi, she's a nutritionist, and she's just like, you know, speaking about, <laughs> like, milk
0: yeah there's like a scene it's a really stupid scene as well where she's talking about like these toxins that are part of milk cartons that are in kids lunches at school and you know the dad leaves his son because he claims he has to work and instead crashes this talk and tries to like
1: ambush her ambush her and like you know speaking engagement or whatever
0: the fuck yeah which backfires on him because she has a perfect retort to it yeah (laughs) but uh
1: but, yeah, she's always, like, I guess just saying these things and Timmy is absorbing this information because, um, like, you know, the thing with the cat. He's like, well, mom said that cats carry disease and, you know, and then Paul's like, well, what the hell does your mom know type thing? It's always, like, this is another, like, shitty thing of being, a, like, a child divorce. It's like hearing your parent talk shit about the other parent in front of you and it's, that's annoying
0: I'm, I'm sure it would be yeah.
1: and um yeah <laughs> but you know timmy's just like that's what he learned from his mom and like that's all he knows you know i don't know
0: yeah but the, the whole cat thing i think is is <laughs> but then later his, on his he one was one point of irrationality well, yeah i guess was... aside from running away in general but
1: yeah but then like later on he was like someone he knew got cancer or something and it was from the like, cat
0: so yeah he put okay (laughs) (laughs) there's a couple there's a couple things like one while he's running away i don't know if he's actually intending to run away i think he's just trying to figure out what to do with the cat because he pushes the cat into his backpack
1: i I thought he was running away away with the cat and i was like okay what he's really
0: trying to do is like figure out a way to get rid of the cat yeah which he could have done at any time. And I was like, is this animal
1: abuse? Because the cat... Well, I mean, cat... the cat
0: is literally in the bag the entire time. I was
1: like... Who- who-? Like, there's literally... Like, whoever was... You see
0: like, punching... Yeah, trying to get the hell <laughs> out, out of it. Trying to get out of I'm it. I'm like,
1: there's no breathing holes for it. Like, how long was that actual cat in that bag?
0: Like, some random girl comes up to her comes up to him and has, like, a two-minute conversation. That you was see so like weird. Yeah, the and she's whole like, time. and but she's then like, oh, she was like, oh, you have a cat? cat?
1: Okay. Like, she knew already it was a cat. Something like that.
0: And I was wondering, like, is this gonna be, like, some sort of metaphor for, like, letting the cat out of the bag? Like, you know? <laughs> but no, like, really what it was is...
1: Like, no, I'm trying to find a way to get rid of this cat.
0: And he's doing it because he wants to protect his father. Right? He thinks that his friend's dad died of cancer because the cat had leukemia, oh, and he thought okay. that the yeah, yeah. leukemia cat gave the dad cancer. His friend's dad cancer mm. died, so he's like, okay. In my mind, here's this direct correlation. I have to get rid of this cat because I care about my dad and I need to protect him because Wouldn't he doesn't you know it better. But like I do.
1: Open a door and be like, there you go, cat. But I don't know. <laughs> It's you, don't that,
0: that way you can't have the one special effect of the pulsing bag.
1: I don't think that was
0: <laughs> a special effect. There I wasn't think a real they, cat in that I scene. I don't know. There's no way. They don't have the budget for, you know. <laughs> I, don't, this was I think very they really put a moment. cat in a bag. A, <laughs> this movie had such a small budget. It's amazing how low quality it looked. When they went sightseeing... They went to, like, a <laughs> random dusty hill. You know? Like, they went to watch some people do motorbikes. Like, they just found well, they probably to a couple... Well, the zoo. <laughs> well, later on. But, I mean, you know.
1: Well, they're doing, like, all of these everything activities... Everything is very
0: isolated locations. But, yeah, very, all of these... Very, very close to the dad's home.
1: Yeah, all these activities, too, happened in a matter
0: of 24 hours. Yes. I was like, "Is this all one day? Is this two days?"
1: Yeah, this is one to two days.
0: And every time, like somebody's away from the house, they're just able to like run back in a minute. So everything is like within two blocks of the dude's home. It seems, it it's it's a weird.
1: Yeah, it made San Diego look like this desert town, which mm-hmm. is is With it? nothing but a zoo. I mean, there is a zoo, but it's like. It's like they mostly filmed this on, like, the Pacific Coast Highway, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like, that was their budget.
0: Yeah, they found, like, a random dune, and they're like, okay, this is where we're going. Yeah. Because, yeah, Timmy runs off when getting picked up from the airport, and he just goes up this dusty hill, which they come back to later. And I think that's <laughs> probably the same place yeah, where they do on, the like, dirt bike scene. like, off the scene. highway, yeah. And then they do another scene there where they're trying to look for him. Like, everything's in the same, like, three places. That's probably,
1: like all they could do within their budget.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing that they do anything in the zoo. But they don't do a whole lot in the zoo, honestly. They ride the Skyfari, which is like a way to force Louis and Paul to have a conversation with each other through some, you know, oh, no food or drink on the thing. And so Chandel and Timmy get on one car and they're on their Wouldn't way. Wouldn't
1: they wait for
0: Paul? Like, eh, whatever. whatever. You gotta have the contrived plot device. I know. So... You know, they, they show that, but they don't show a whole lot of actual zoo, even when they're there. Man, and I hated all of, like, the contrived, you know, stuff that... The way to wedge in past relationship stuff. So, like, okay, we're gonna join our hands and we're gonna, you know, shuffle our legs and jump in the pool fully clothed, mm-hmm. because that's what we do, that's our history, Mm-hmm. And, you know, the key around the neck bullshit that they have in there is just forced, super well, forced.
1: It's like, uh, like throughout the movie, um, <laughs> this is, like Paul is angry at Timmy, like he gives him the key to his house and he's like, just, it's like on a piece of strings, like keep this around your neck. And it's like, he always gets mad at Timmy for not using the key. Or, like, Timmy forgets the key and can't get in the house. I'm like, he's been there one day.
0: Yeah, and then there's the part where, you know, Timmy tries to give like the Like, how key many back times is he... Because he's yeah. like, I'm not staying for the summer, so just take the key back. And Paul's just being a petulant child. And he's like, just take the key. Yeah, yeah, no. He's like, just How
1: dare you keep the key. Just a gift or whatever.
0: I don't know. It was frustrating to watch just because, like, I didn't feel like progress was being made.
1: No. And even at the end, <laughs> I don't think
0: progress was made. No. I don't think anyone learned anything. No. Except but, that, you know, there are a whole bunch of secrets that people keep from each other. <laughs> yeah. Like marriages and pregnancies, which he tells, Chandel tells Tim first.
1: Yeah, well, Timmy's like, can I tell you a secret? And then...
0: Chandel's like, only if I can tell you one of mine.
1: Yeah, and he's like, okay.
0: (laughs) And again, this is all happening in a super isolated area. Because that's...
1: Well, I thought it was like in their backyard or something.
0: I don't remember. That was either when they're going to go see the horses, or that might have been during the dirt bikes. Oh. That was, like, the sightseeing that they did.
1: They didn't, like so many activities within a 24-hour period.
0: But none of them good. I mean, the zoo uh, could the have zoo. been good, but it wasn't good for us, the audience.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, uh, the, like all the things and We got that... to see
0: them stand up from a lunch table at the zoo, and then <laughs> ride into a Skyway yeah, thing, yeah. so the, we well, saw they like two didn't shots have, of
1: animals. They didn't have the budget to
0: showcase can, any animal exhibits. They, yeah, either. they couldn't even get like more B-roll to throw in there uh, but yeah so <laughs> Shani yeah. which for some reason Timmy calls her Shani
1: well, she's probably like you can call me Shanny. I don't know
0: I'm sure but it just seemed really weird to hear him call her that before we hear Paul call her that
1: well, maybe and then she's it became like weird to hear call
0: Paul me. call her that because like, yeah.
1: Ugh. Well, I was like, "Who's Shant?" I'm like, like Paul and
0: Tim are both calling her Shanny. That's kind of weird to me. Why? I don't know. Like, it's that's probably it's like, like a term of endearment type of a thing. That's it's like probably a pet like name. her
1: nickname.
0: Yeah, but it sounds like a pet name.
1: Well, because it's short for Shondell. Like, no one calls me Nicole, I get unless it. like someone's mad at me or I'm at work or something I don't know
0: <laughs> I don't know maybe just the phrasing of Shanny makes it sound like it's you know like baby yeah like it, you know, know like a similar type of thing like baby or love or whatever and so it was off-putting to hear Tim say it and eh,
1: whatever. uh whatever I don't know I that's he, she's probably like you can call me Shanny
0: uh, it probably they should have had that line of dialogue <laughs> make me make me personally more comfortable with it 30 years later. Why not? (laughs) Um, So yeah, she's pregnant, which I guess is a thing. And her big thing is that she has like nonstop headaches, I guess. Oh,
1: that's a thing, I guess. It's
0: a thing that is a thing in the movie for a couple scenes, but really has no resolution.
1: Yeah, that's when... There was another part where the mom, Naomi, she was like, oh, I've got a headache, and I'm like, is she pregnant
0: too? Yeah, I definitely thought that was going to happen.
1: Like, he's going to have two half-siblings come around the same time. That's, I thought that was going to be another, that would have been another interesting
0: I thought that was the whole point of having Chanel have all, or Chandel have all those headaches was to also have Naomi say headache and, okay, double pregnancy. Yeah. But no.
1: That would have been a little bit more interesting. They should have done, like, a... I don't know. Like, the way it ended... <laughs> it's just, like... God, to, I me- to end. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This movie was, like, an hour and a half. And, like, I would rather watch Brighter Summer... Like, four hours of oh, Brighter sure. Summer Day. Like, this felt longer than Brighter Summer Day. You know, even... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Even though it was an hour and a half. Um, yeah, at the end, Timmy's just like... I mean, after all this, like, bickering and fighting, Timmy's like, alright, I'm going with Mom and Louie
0: to Paris. Yep, alright, I'm gonna push this cat to a backpack on my way.
1: Yeah! And it wasn't until... (laughs) This is the the other thing where I was like, where are they? (laughs) Um... They're driving to the airport, Timmy with his mom and Louie, and I don't know, that's when he was like, you know what, I don't want to burden you on your honeymoon. Uh, Can you stop the car? Because I want to stay with Dad now. Mm -hmm. And then they stop the car wherever the hell they are.
0: At like 8 p.m. at night, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then he just runs to the Dad's house. And I'm like, what did they drive, two blocks? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Everything is within this little circle. Cause San Diego is like two blocks wide.
1: <laughs> I don't know. There's the hill, the zoo,
0: seem... and the dad's house. That's yeah, all there is in It made
1: it seem as if they were driving for like a half hour or something.
0: Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I it thought it was, that... And yeah. then
1: it they, shows... They didn't offer
0: to drive him back or anything. Just like let him...
1: Yeah, they but, just stop the car and he opens the door and runs out immediately. Like they didn't even have time to like really think or I don't
0: know. But they needed that so they could have the shot of him running in slow motion.
1: Yeah, slow house. motion and then he uses and his then he key. And uses the key. And enters the door and then it's like freeze frame. Freeze frame credits. Credits next done. week
0: hell has no fury. Um And then there's like all that stuff with like the sticking door the back door towards that leads to the pool like sticks on them but somehow Timmy's able to get through it without a problem every single time and it be- just becomes like this big huge thing and then they waste like 2 minutes while they watch Shandell getting coffee while Paul's out there like locked out in this backyard area and it's, he, yeah like, uh, is this going to have a point <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs>
1: the only thing i noticed is when Chandel was pouring her coffee she put the creamer in first and then the coffee
0: i mean i do that with the keurig and then i just like toilet. oh okay i do that right. so i can like twirl it and mix it while it's like brewing
1: oh i was like whoa she's putting creamer first <laughs> that was like the, the only thing that I...
0: <laughs> I i just noticed that this is dead silent it's taking forever there's no editing whatsoever in this yeah. whole thing, and so we have to like watch her like move back and forth and do all these little mundane tasks before getting to the door, and then we have to let Paul in, and why?
1: Yeah, that was because then she sees like the spill because Paul goes out to like give milk to the cat, yeah, and he spills a little bit milk. While going out into the yard, I guess. And then
0: chases after the cat or something happens. And yeah, the cat like, kind of goes out or She whatever. doesn't see that he went out. And so she just, like, she's yeah
1: closes the door. And then he comes... A- after she closes the door, like, three seconds later, he's like, Why'd you close the fucking door? I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, like, that yeah, scene was weird. He's never weird. mad at Shandell, though no but but he's
1: like he was just annoyed that the door was closed because it's like hard to open
0: except for for timmy which i think is supposed to mean something but who who cares yeah whatever cares yeah uh the ending also is just pure callback after callback after callback it's like you know there's the thing about him using the key in the door there's like you know stuff about like the the door sticking and then like shandell and paul now are going to go and run into the pool yeah fully clothed and like there's callbacks to like the whole conversation about dandelions and the tooth of the lion which i guess is the name of the play that this was built yeah this based off of based off of a play i don't know if tooth that play line. was ever really produced anywhere
1: i tried to look it up and i could not find anything Neither about it either.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, Tooth of the Lion, Dandelion. So like, there's all these different callbacks to previous conversation. And it's just like, okay. After like five or six, I'm like, can we please just stop with it? (laughs) And then we stopped at the freeze frame of him using the key. So there was the final callback, finally.
1: Yeah. The best part is that we watched this movie on YouTube. And it was someone who taped it from TV, and then put it on VHS, and then put it on YouTube.
0: Yeah. So I think we might have been missing a little bit at the very beginning. Because it like the, kinda, there's no title screen. It kind of starts, like... Mid- yeah, it kind of just
1: all of a sudden starts with, like, John Ritter, like, going to work or whatever.
0: And there's a couple little glitches, but honestly, I don't think there's any other way to watch this. Yeah, I don't Unless know. you have your own taped-from-TV copy <laughs> yeah. in your house, or...
1: And- sometimes the commercials were included
0: we had two commercial breaks yeah
1: I don't know is did were there less commercial breaks like in the 90s
0: um I don't know about number of breaks but there were less number of commercials overall in the 90s yes because I know okay like let's take the Simpsons as an example of this some of the reruns that appear on, you know, syndicated TV nowadays. It's they like have to every cut them ten out a little minutes
1: bit. or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the the frequency is yeah, the same, and then the episode but the number of commercials like, per break is yeah. more now than it was in the nineties.
1: Like you know, in like Europe, you know, how, they don't have commercial breaks. The commercial breaks are like after each. Show, I guess, and yeah, that they do in like the shows in between the shows are the commercial breaks, so it'll be like 10 to 15 minutes of actual commercials, and then you can watch the show without any breaks in between it. This only had two commercial breaks, and I was like, Um, is that how many commercial breaks there were total for this movie?
0: No, it, it honestly looked like there were some spots, there were where more? like more like a cut off. Off. So, yeah.
1: okay, whoever. Taped it. So okay, forgot to take out some of the commercial breaks. I guess.
0: Yeah. So the way RVCR worked, and probably a lot of others did too, is if you're recording while the thing is happening live, um. you can press pause on the remote. Because oh, if you're okay. watching it and recording it at the same time, you can press pause on the remote, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. it just won't record the commercials, and then you unpause it when the show comes back on. Yeah. And now you have a clean thing on the tape itself. So, there are definitely a couple times where you could kind of tell that that was basically what happened. Okay. So, there are some commercial breaks that were omitted, possibly because they were recording it and pausing live. And and then then a couple squeaked through. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the best part was the commercials.
1: Yeah, the best part were the commercials.
0: And some of them were long. Like, we have Little Caesar's commercial.
1: That one was $7.77 for two toppings.
0: It was, yeah, about like being extra lucky and someone using like a scratch off ticket and people, old people in a bowling alley and the bowling alley flies through the window and just narrowly misses the guy Mm -hmm. who is on the street below and he's like hey I just won such and such this is my lucky day yeah
1: 777
0: Mitsubishi 3000 GT commercial You had a frosted mini wheats commercial where the dad is pretending not to hear his daughter about how healthy his cereal is that commercial
1: I remember as a kid I think it's like healthy schmelsy,
0: whatever yeah. the hell he said. Oh, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like bring back like cheesy commercials.
0: <laughs> Maybe they still have them. Like we don't really watch much TV with commercials. Yeah, I I
1: when they like, do kids,
0: kids-oriented TV, we don't watch a whole lot of that. Well, so.
1: this isn't a child-oriented movie, but um... a
0: lot of the commercials certainly seem child-oriented. Yeah. Um, you have the Diamond just Tap weird, commercial.
1: Because this was, like, Sunday night at, like, 9 p.m., so... Yeah,
0: but, I mean, it has John Ritter and Matthew Lawrence, and it's about a kid dealing with stuff. Uh, they have a Diamond Tap commercial. They had, like, a puppet, and then... I don't know when this character started for Ziploc bags, but you have, like, the finger face. Yeah. It's, like, an actual human finger with, you know, just a finger drawn on it. I thought that was later. I thought that was, like, after Stick Stickly on
1: uh, Nickelodeon
0: or something where that kind of thing happened. But yeah. Evidently not. Uh, a couple commercials for Fresh Prince of Blossom. You had a roll gold pretzels with, like, a lounge singer thing happening, which yeah, is really Yeah, that one was...
1: Oh, and then the band commercial the deodorant where it was like people doing regular everyday things in towels
0: yeah because you're like fresh all day and so yeah yeah you know, it, it so makes it's you like feel people like ballroom f-
1: dancing in towels or whatever because you're
0: out of out of the shower fresh all day yeah so that's why they
1: do that i'm just like would they even show these type of commercials now
0: yeah there's like some somber thing from etna about like mental health which was interesting or no i'm sorry substance abuse yeah and then um a current affair (laughs) like a little bumper talking about like a real life silence of the lambs yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um car falling out of a plane in the oldsmobile commercial You got corn checks which is all about how loud and crunchy the corn checks is some
1: it made me want cereal though
0: (laughs) yeah like you got the healthier cereals represented here uh alka seltzer commercial where they use they basically just make a beatbox song out of people talking yeah which is dumb but happened a lot back then i think right sell some blue which is nothing to write home about and then some news bumper about some jet crash that happened
1: yeah, they happened. I
0: don't. Uh, like the day before, maybe I don't know.
1: I don't know where that was taped locally. Though. No,
0: I think the crash happened somewhere in Colorado. I think it said. Okay. But I don't know. Uh, and then just other random bumpers like Quantum Leap is changing days, and then Hell Hath No Fury coming on yeah. Monday night. So I mean, a lot of stuff. Quite a few commercials, but I mean, they're all pretty short, and it was the most fun out of the whole thing. So we'll have screenshots of several of those on the website, and if you're watching on YouTube as well, then you just saw the screenshots as you heard Mm -hmm.
1: that. I found the jet crash in Colorado, so that's probably something I can talk about later.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, I don't think we really have much else to talk about with this movie, to be honest with you. The only other thing I could think of to mention is just the really super sappy music as well. I mean, everything was just over-the-top melodrama and just low production values and that's all it's worth seeing <laughs> we can talk a little bit about cast and crew there isn't much of a cast and crew which is good uh, we got michael Tuckner, the director of this also did another movie in 1991 uh, another tv movie even called captive with joanna kerns who was the mom in growing pains and also john stamos was in that so he got those two uh, he also did movies such as misadventures of mr Wilton*, the rainbow warrior and a whole bunch of other tv movies and stuff in in britain sandra jennings was the writer she had done work for soap operas like guiding light and search for tomorrow in the 80s so it kind of makes sense this is very soapy and she's also done a couple more tv movies besides this john ritter is our big name Emmy winner for Three's Company, nominated a couple more times for that, also nominated for Hooperman, an Ally McBeal guest spot, and also Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Daughter, which he was uh, starring in up until he passed away. Daytime Emmy nominations for voicing Clifford in Clifford the Big Red Dog, which I didn't know that he was the voice of Clifford. Me
1: I neither.
0: remembered the show, but I don't remember him as the voice. He's also didn't been another such. didn't know that
1: Clifford had a voice.
0: Yeah, I guess I never really watched it. It was kind of past our time.
1: I thought it... I remember the books. I didn't, but...
0: I knew that there was a show. I probably was just too old uh, to watch it.
1: I I thought Clifford the Big Red Dog was just literally a dog. Like, it didn't have any speaking voice or anything like that. It was just a dog that was
0: huge. Unless he's, like, a narrator who is the perspective of Clifford? I don't know. Who knows? Um... (laughs) Yeah, he's been in other stuff. Obviously, you know. He was
1: in Felicity. He he's, was he's Ben Covington's Felicity. father, which, I mean, that he where he was like, he played a drunk, and he was like the absent father of Ben Covington. So I was like, oh, is he? gonna he Also, be, basically played that same role in same Scrubs. Role? <laughs> yeah, I was like, with, is,
0: with it, JD's father.
1: That's why I was like, is it like, this role? I thought he was gonna be sort of the same. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he was just actively trying to break out of his... Be
1: more dramatic instead company, of uh, persona. comedic.
0: But he's also been in things like Bad Santa, Sling Blade, a TV show called Hearts of Fire. And we'll see him again in Problem Child 2.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, Margaret Witten as Naomi. She's going to be in the 1991 movie Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even. She's been in a bunch of stuff up to this point, Secret of Success... Nine and a half weeks, Iron Weed, Little Monsters, and she's also known for being the new owner in the Major League movie. You know, the evil owner in Major, oh, Major okay. League. So she's in Major League One and Two. Wait, nope. the
1: show that's coming out or no, said no. a new movie.
0: Oh. She's passed away as well. Uh Oh, okay. No, she she was the you know she was the one trying to sabotage the team in the original Major League movie okay okay but she was in major league one and two as that same character okay and then uh she had no screen credits after 1994 uh but she did a lot of stage acting and directing after that so she retired from movies and tvs and focused exclusively on the stage and i think she passed around 2016 or so karen young played Chandel. she'll be in Two more 1991 movies, the $10 million getaway, and then also one that's not currently on our list called The Boy Who Cried Bitch. Uh, she's, she was also in Nine and a Half Weeks. Also what is in up? Jaws <laughs> the Revenge. And also had a small stint on The Sopranos for about 10 episodes, I think.
1: A sort, like, she looked very familiar to me.
0: Yeah, she does have kind of a familiar face, but I don't, I I'm probably saw her in Sopranos.
1: But that's yeah. something I
0: can think of that I would have seen that she's been in. Joe Spano as Louis is Emmy-nominated for Hill Street Blues. He was Henry Goldblum in that for you know the entire run of that series. He is an Emmy winner for Midnight Caller, which is a guest spot. He'll be in the 1991 movies for the very first time, and Fever. He's also done other procedurals such as Murder One, NYPD Blue, and NCIS. Matthew Lawrence is our last one. He is Timmy, best known probably for Mrs. Doubtfire, I would guess, but he also has very prominent roles in Boy Meets World, and also Brotherly Love, which he starred in with his two two real-life brothers. Yeah. And in 1991, he was in two different TV shows, Drexel's Class and also Walter and Emily, and he was also in the 1991 movie, Daddy. So... In terms of awards, the only thing that's worth mentioning is that Matthew Lawrence, who I think really was probably the best actor out of the bunch. Yeah. uh, Possibly by far. Yeah. (laughs) He was nominated for a Young Artist Nominee uh, nomination for this. Uh, That went to Lucas Haas for another 1991 movie called Perfect Tribute. So that's all I got there. So we can move on to true crime and pop culture.
1: Okay, well, this is going to be a trigger warning for uh, police brutality and uh, racism. So, on Sunday, early Sunday morning, March 3rd, 1991, Rodney King with his friends, Bryant, Allen, and Freddie Helms, was driving a 1987 Hyundai Excel on the Interstate 210 in the San Fernando Valley of L.A. The three... I didn't know any of this. <laughs> when I was reading and, like, researching, I didn't know he was in a car with other people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the three had spent the night watching, well, yeah, spent the night before, so Saturday night watching basketball and drinking at a friend's house in LA. And at 12:30 a.m, officers Tim and Melanie Singer, husband and wife, members of the California Highway Patrol, noticed King's car speeding on the freeway. They pursued King with lights and sirens, and then the pursuit reached 117 miles. I didn't even know this was a car chase either.
0: That sounds vaguely familiar. I know, yeah, I remember there was like cause for him to be pulled over, but that's about it.
1: Okay, I, I didn't know. All I knew about Rodney King was that he was pulled over and beaten, and then the trial, and then the LA riots. Yeah. I didn't know any of these specific details.
0: Yeah, I don't know many of those either.
1: Um, I didn't know it was like high-speed chase. So while King refused... So he refused to pull over, which... Okay. So <laughs> King later said that he tried to outrun the police because he had a charge of driving under the influence Like, he was, uh, he had a DUI before, and that would violate his parole for his previous robbery convictions.
0: Hmm.
1: So, at some point, King got off the freeway, and it was near, I don't know, any of these areas in L.A. It was near Handsome Dam Recreation Area. And then the pursuit continued on residential streets, at speeds from 55 to 80 miles an hour and he ran through at least one red light, they said. I was like, oh my god. And uh, by this point there were several police cars and a police helicopter that were joining in the pursuit and after approximately eight miles officers cornered King in his car. The first five LAPD officers to arrive were Stacy Kuhn, Lawrence Powell, Timothy Wind, Theodore Brazeno, and Rolando Solano. Um, King was taking. So then there's like. I, I, I did like. This is like a Cliff's Notes. So that's when they pulled him over. They went after the two guys first, because I even listened to the... Po- I didn't finish it, because there's a, a podcast that I'll tell you later. I only listened to, like, the first couple episodes, because it was, like, eight episodes long. Yeah, um, this is
0: too dense for us to get yeah, into Yeah, this is this. too dense.
1: So I'm trying to do a Cliff's Notes of this. So they finally, you know, pulled them over... Rodney King does not get out of the car. They tell them to c- come out the car. The two friends do. They push the two guys, his two friends down. Like, they sort of, like, get cuts and bruises. But Rodney King will n- did not get out of the car. Like, they were telling him, get out of the car, get out of the car. He oh. did not get out of the car. So, until, like... I think he fi- like he finally did at some point and then that's when the beating happened which I can say that there was a neighbor who you know you like everyone's seen it now at this point yeah that there was a guy was before he
0: cell phones there was yeah before in the he
1: house. used a camcorder <laughs> and it was um he was like an like I was listening to his part on the podcast too. Um, like about what happened. Like it, it was a a plumber or a salesman. Who he was an amateur videographer, so he just so happened to have a a camera, and a tape. So he's like, you know, he heard all these sirens. He heard the um, helicopters, and he's like, "What's going on?" And that's when. He videotaped this entire beating. And the beating lasted 81 seconds. Hmm. So Rodney King was taken to Pacifica Hospital after his arrest, where he was found to have suffered a fractured facial bone, a broken right ankle, and multiple bruises and lacerations. In a negligence claim filed with the city, King alleged he had suffered 11 skull fractures, permanent brain damage, broken bones and teeth, kidney failure and emotional and physical trauma. The so his blood and urine they took samples of his blood and urine for, you know, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And his blood alcohol content was 0. 0.075 which, you know, the limit is 0. 0.08. And he had traces of marijuana, which, you know, during that time, Mm it was illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, So Pacifica Hospital nurses reported that the officers who accompanied King openly joked and bragged about the number of times that they had hit King. Officers obtained King's identification from his clothes pockets at the time. They didn't even know who he was. King later sued the city for damages and a jury awarded him 3.8 million dollars as well as 1.7 million dollars in attorneys fees. Okay, so on to the trial. I'm not going to get into it, but like at the end of trial, the LA County District Attorneys, they were charged they charged the four police officers and then one sergeant, the guys I said previously for use of excessive force, due to the extent of all the media coverage, they had to move the trial from L.A. County to um, Ventura County, which is like I don't know the next county over. And the jury was composed of ten white jurors, one biracial man, one Latino, and one Asian American. The prosecutor Terry White was a black man, and on April 29, 1992, the seventh day of jury deliberations, the jury acquitted all four officers of assault and acquitted three of the four using excessive force. The jury could not agree on a verdict for the fourth officer charged with using excessive force, and the verdicts were based in part of the first three seconds of the blurry... They were only shown 13 seconds of that videotape. Mm. And what I'm assuming is it was probably like in like motion. I don't know if you know what motions in Lemonade are. They're like pre-trial motions. So I'm assuming the defense filed a motion to shorten that 81-second video to 13 seconds and show, like, only certain points where, like, King tried to get away. Right. So it looks as if he was resisting arrest. That's my assumption.
0: Yeah, I... I they had to. Win. Instead of
1: showing the actual beatings, they just showed, like, whatever. So that's why these... Guys were acquitted and that caused the LA riots and the riots lasted for six days yes
0: so that would be something we would cover if we had a 92 yeah podcast
1: but I got all this from like CBS News and whatever New York Times and then I the podcast I was listening to it's called Slow Burn and it's that they are They have six... Well, they're going on to the seventh season. The sixth season is all about the L.A. riots. But, you know, it starts with, you know... Yeah. Rodney King, the reason for it. The the big impetus. So it was... It's eight eight episodes long, but I only listened to, like, three of them. Because they're, they're... I mean, they're only 45 minutes long each, but I was like, you know... I didn't have... Yeah, we do this weekly. We don't have... (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have enough time. I listened to as much as I could. Yeah. So we'll
0: have lunch. But yeah, if
1: you want to listen to the entire thing, the Slow Burn podcast, season six. And I'm just going to mention, because maybe we can do this next time. On TV there was another tv movie and we have like pictures for it like we have the picture or the ad we have a we have a tv guide we have the ad for the summer my father grew up and then another tv movie that we might talk about at some point if we can find it this movie is called lies before kisses and it's time heals all wounds except infidelity and murder which that sounds more interesting to me.
0: <laughs> and that's the one that stars <clears throat> Greg Evigan from My Two Dads.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So a, a different sitcom star in a different TV movie. Mm-hmm. And then Hell Hath No Fury is with Barbara Eden, another sitcom star.
1: So the, the tagline in TV Guide for the summer my father grew up is Some kids have no parents, Timmy has too many. <laughs> uh so oh and then (laughs) so for on c like cbs has lies before kisses that had 18 million viewers and then the summer my father grew up had 10 million viewers
0: so you were not alone in thinking that that one sounded better yeah yeah i think if this was a body swap movie you might be seeing oh yeah
1: i I, I love a good body swap movie (laughs) And okay, moving on to music. So the bottom five songs as of March 9th, 1991. Which I think if we do this again, I might do the day before because it's, you know, every Saturday. Yeah. The next time we talk about this Lies Before Kisses, <laughs> I'll do the bottom five for the week before, maybe. So the bottom five, number one hundred, is What's It Gonna Be by Jelly Bean featuring Nikki Harris. I think this is the first time that I have not heard any of these songs. Hmm. So number one hundred is What's It Gonna Be by Jelly Bean featuring Nikki Harris. Do you know who Jelly Bean is? Hmm. He was... I don't know who
0: Butterbean is. He was that, you know, boxer, oh a tough man contest guy.
1: No, he was never a singer, I'm <laughs> no, assuming. No, So Jellybean, he was like, he's more of a producer. Like, he produced a lot of, like, Michael Jackson and Madonna songs. and oh, it was like, like
0: a baby face.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's, I don't know, he's been around in the 80s. But this was a song of his. And then Nikki Harris, she was a backup singer for Madonna. Mm. And I think she's in Truth or Dare. Okay. It's been a while, but I think she's in it.
0: We'll hit that eventually.
1: Okay, and then number 99 is... The song Give It Up by ZZ Top. And... Can't I, say I care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I didn't even know ZZ Top still made songs in, in the early 90s. But, I mean... It is what it is. <laughs> 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 but, um... That was... <laughs> It peaked at number 79, and it was five weeks on the chart. Um, the Jelly Bean song peaked at number 90, and was five weeks on the chart as well. Hmm. Number 98, the this is a new, this is a debut song, is a song called Baby's Coming Back by this band called Jellyfish. I literally have never heard this band or this song <laughs> And Jellyfish was a rock band that formed in San Francisco in the late 80s. Huh. And oh, I will say that the video for that ZZ Top song, it has a cute dog in it. <laughs> okay. It has a cute bulldog in it. That's all I got from it. Right. But So this Jellyfish song, the video is interesting too. It's like half Animated, half not, and it's all like colorful and whatever. And the best thing I can think of is like this band reminds me of like early Flaming Lips, like she don't use jelly mm. era. Like this song even remind me of it. A lot of jelly in there. Yeah, I know <laughs> a lot of jelly references. Like, yeah, gr- there's a l- jelly bean, jelly bean, jelly fish. So yeah, that was the debut on the Billboard 100 for this week. And then number 97 is a, numbered, a num- another uh, debut single. This person, <laughs> this song is called Ooh, This I Need by someone by the name of Elisa Fiorillo, Fiorillo, F-I-O-R-I-L-L-O, Fiorillo, Fiorillo. Yep. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew Fiorello's when I was growing up, but if there's an I instead of an E there.
1: Yeah, Fiorillo. Fiorio.
0: Fiorillo.
1: Yeah, Fiorillo. Okay, whatever. <laughs> We're spending too much time. But I've never heard of her either, but when I looked her up, she also worked with Jelly Bean. I was like, everyone. But she was also. It was a
0: Jelly Bean summer.
1: Uh, She also sang... She's a backup singer as well. And she was a backup singer for Prince for a while. And then she also was a backup singer for Savage Garden. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. So she moved from
0: the jelly to the cherry cola then. Yes. And... um, Number 96
1: is... The song Miles Away by the band Winger and I feel like we've talked about this. But maybe. It, I listened to the song and it just sounds like any other like
0: Did it ever be in the top five or top ten that you see? It was
1: twelve okay, it peaked at number twelve and it was twenty two weeks on the chart. I don't know.
0: So maybe not. Maybe
1: not. But maybe another winger song. Like yeah. I feel like I've spoken about winger at some point
0: yeah it could be
1: but yeah that's just like another random power ballad which is i don't know it sounds the same as any other i guess Mm -hmm. and that's all i got
0: all right so we'll move on to rankings and ratings then uh where on your one to five star scale are you going to put the summer my father grew up
1: I mean, I'm gonna give this a one. I yeah. really wanted to give it more, but
0: it doesn't deserve it. No, it doesn't. Uh, on my zero to four star scale, I'm I'm gonna give it a half. It's it's the second worst TV movie we've seen. Lucy and Desi still is worse than this.
1: Yeah.
0: It had that's the weird thing. Like Lucy and Desi had like better set production you know it I mean like, that was still that like, costumes. I mean yeah
1: that one <laughs> captivated me because I was like what's gonna happen next but it was like five minute things it was just like a five minute scene and then like I don't know another scene from another point of time and then another scene and yeah, another point of time of it was just just and then we boring. didn't know what point of time it was <laughs>
0: The structure was horrid in this one. This one... Like... This
1: was, like, the subject matter I appreciated, in, but it was, like, I don't care about... I don't, all I could've... cared about was Timmy, like... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know.
0: It could have been so much better. I like that they gave Timmy a voice and that it was an appropriate I, voice I and liked that it was the, worthwhile. The step
1: parents were like adv- advocating for him because usually, yeah. like most movies about like divorced with divorced parents, like the step parent is like always evil or something. And yeah. I'm glad that they were not.
0: Yeah, because they definitely are not all that way, and, and so you know. I liked the characters in general I liked all of the acting. Yeah, especially compared to Lucy and Desi, but it's not a good movie. It's so it's a half story. I film. thought
1: like make it an actual summer, not
0: two days <laughs> yes. of drama. Change your title. Like you know <laughs> call it call it dandelions, call it tooth yeah, of the lion. Yeah, call it to- but then like, if who it cares but if
1: it was tooth of the lion, people would be like I don't yeah, I don't know what the, the lion.
0: Hell. Like we didn't see any lions in the zoo shots. Yeah, know. they
1: should have shown a lion. They should have.
0: You know, like have one of those like wax lion figures and make that part of the thing. Who knows? Uh, every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch this again? No. No. I would watch more commercial breaks I'd, from the movie. Yeah, I would
1: watch commercials. <laughs> like an hour and a half of commercials from the 90s.
0: But, no, I don't need to see this. If I want to see these actors, they're pretty much all in other 1991 movies, so I'll watch those instead. Yeah. If you out there want to watch The Summer My Father Grew Up or a couple commercials from 1991, as of this recording in May 2022, it's available on YouTube. Check your local listings, because maybe that will change. Probably not. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991 movie re- bit. You can email us at 1991MovieRewind at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991 Movie Rewind or go to 1991MovieRewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week in our Word Association Month, we're going to take Father from the summer my father grew up and we're going to watch Father of the Bride, which is going to be a good movie. Yes! That's available as digital rental or on VHS or DVD. We will see you then. Thanks.